Hello, and welcome to Two Daydream Believers podcast. This is your host, Space Orphan 18. Today, we're going to talk about Blame It on the Alcohol, though we will spend just a little bit of time on Comeback, just to not neglect it. And today, my returning guests are one step away from reality and like a drum chocolate souffle. Hello. Hello. Okay, welcome back, guys. Um, so let's talk just a little bit about Comeback. This is um, an episode famous for not having any cart and lane, and we are all like, please come back to us, we miss you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad so. episode, though. I mean, it, obviously, we were missing them because that was, a t- and that was an amazing arc for Clayne, and we were just getting used to having them more and more, and all of a sudden not having them was, you know... <laughs> obviously missing them but still i think season two was a pretty good season so i think um there are things that i really like about this episode like sam being adorable mostly um <laughs> and he wants to go on a date to color me mine and uh <laughs> and, and quinn's like wait you were serious about that <laughs> and uh and he wants to be like justin bieber because he thinks he epitomizes rock and roll and that's how you get girls to like you and <laughs> So it does have some really good things, but it also has some things that I found really problematic as well, like um, like a, a lot of suicide-related jokes. Uh, yeah. Where um, Sue says in her notebook that she is attempting suicide, S-U-E hyphen, aside, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which um, is funny. But it turns out that she, it sounds later on in the episode like she, that was all fake. Um, she says they fell for it, hurrah, and uh, she just wanted to get into the Glee Club to, you know, get at them from the inside or something like that. But, like, the weird thing about it, it the, the thing that 
is most distressing to me is that it seems like Will really believes her, um, and yet he's immediately really cruel to her. Um, like, he and Emma go to her house and find her in bed, and, and as soon as she's, like, awake and not dead, he's like, well, you are a nasty, manipulative, petty, um, I'm not going to play back up at your pity party. You know, it's like, that's, I, that doesn't seem <laughs> at all helpful if he yeah. really believes that she's really depressed. So... Anyway, that's the thing that I like the least about the episode. No, I do too. I, I do think in general this um, episode gets a little bit of a bad rap because of the fact that a lot of people don't like Justin Bieber, which <laughs> raises my hand, I don't. Um, but the, I do think that um, Sam is genuinely adorable in the whole thing and not offensive. And I do think, like you said, there's a lot of rather offensive and um, insensitive things going around with the Sue subplot. So I, I don't usually mind skipping over that kind of nonsense. So, <laughs> yeah. um, the other, the the um, couple other things in the episode um, are worth noting. One is Lauren has a solo. This is the only solo that she yeah. gets. Yeah, and and she yep. said, she actually sounded a lot like the original of that song. Oh, cool! I've never actually listened to the original. Yeah, um, I haven't heard it either. It, and now, Ashley Fink doesn't claim to be a singer. I don't remember. I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, actually, um, I have, I've seen some interviews with her where she goes back and forth saying sometimes that um, she really likes to sing and then sometimes just kind of avoiding the subject. But um, while she's done some interviews, she has sung some tunes. And I say, I, she, oh, she sounds pretty good. Yeah, I think she... Oh, go ahead, Jimmy. Oh, um, uh, I was just going to say that I thought that she sounded appropriate for this song, and and she did a great job, and I I found really funny the uh, picturing everyone in their underwear. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think that she... I I didn't know if she... For somebody who I don't think does it professionally, I think she does a really good job. Mm -hmm. And um, I... I love the the part where they're in their underwear, especially if you notice Sue is in some kind of weird leathery like <laughs> hat thing. And and uh, and Finn's got like a Power Rangers T-shirt on. Yeah. And this is where I'm really lamenting that Kurt and Blaine weren't at McKinley yet. I'm like that would have been so funny to see them in their underwear. I mean, like what kind of? I guess Kurt would just be in his like we've seen him in his pajamas before, but yeah. But it would be whatever, whatever Lauren would imagine that he would be in. So. <laughs> it could be totally different from reality. Um, the other thing is this kind of mini plot line where um, um, Rachel is paying Brittany to start trends for her or to make her be trendy. <laughs> and everybody thinks that Brittany is. <laughs> and like, and she wants her to wear leg warmers because she wears those, but she wears them on her arms and everyone thinks it's genius. And, <laughs> and everyone starts wearing carousel carousel horses yeah (laughs) (laughs) and she says that she she says she told Brittany to do it and they're like oh please as if you would ever come up with something so brilliant (laughs) (laughs) cute i'm not entirely sure what rachel's trying to come back from that's what Brittany said too she's like (laughs) from (laughs) like (laughs) you're not a trendsetter so (laughs) exactly you know, we had an interesting theory um, that we talked about in special education that w- way back when they were starting to write the season, that this episode was actually originally going to be where Kirk came back and that his Dalton storyline would have ended in special education. 
um, with them losing, and he wasn't originally in um, the Christmas episode or um, or Sue Sylvester Shuffle, hmm. and Silly Love Songs might have been something different way back then. But, um, yeah, uh, that's when we thought something that might have been speculated is a long time ago um, that this would have been Kurt's return episode. That's really interesting, and that would make a lot of sense. And I had never heard this before because I wasn't in fandom then, and I hadn't even watched Glee yet. I saw Glee after original song during that hiatus. I watched everything pretty Mm -hmm. much like a marathon marathon watch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I had never heard that. That's really interesting. Just our speculation. I mean, who knows what the writers were really thinking, but we were talking a little bit about how special education feels a little bit more finite for the Dalton story until the very end. And um, yeah. and just that uh, Darren, we know, was only contracted for three episodes originally, um, but that they when Darren kind of blew up, that they extended that stay and rewrote some of the seasons. Well, that would definitely make a lot of sense because the rest of the plot lines they could they could mean a lot of things, but there isn't anything really screaming coming back from anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh yeah, that does make sense. Um, <laughs> oh, and uh, the other thing about this episode is the uh, "Take Me or Leave Me" uh, by yes. Yes. And Rachel. It's one of my favorite songs from the series. Even though it 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 would have been really great if it was actually used for a, a relationship between two women, because that's what it's originally about. But mm-hmm. um, but even the way they did it, it was it was so brilliantly performed, and I just love it. I think it's a fantastic duet between the two of them. And I love that that it starts from a place, because in a lot of the series, we get a lot of Rachel versus Mercedes, and a really big time in season three. But um, here, Sue is trying to pit them against each other, and they end up kind of coming together as better friends after this. And I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's quite interesting that throughout the years, they would just keep going back and forth and back and forth. And you would think that there would be some resolution, but... (laughs) Well, I mean, look at how long the Will and Sue thing (laughs) could never resolve. Yeah. (laughs) Same old story. Um, And then uh, the one last thing, I just think it's really funny getting back to the Justin Bieber stuff, is when they all decide to have Bieber haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I just wanted to um, add something when Jamie was talking in the beginning about Sam. To me, what I kept thinking about was that it makes a lot of sense that Sam was doing this, considering he has two younger siblings. Oh, so maybe they're where he's getting his idea for what's maybe maybe. Oh, well, and he does have that. um, I wonder if he like sings Justin Bieber to his siblings. And then when he had that, was it a bar mitzvah that he was doing? He was doing something, somebody's birthday party. Um, but there was like a 13-year-old, so he's saying it there. Oh, and they all Yeah, it like, was a bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah. Yeah, okay, sorry. And, um, yeah, they were going crazy. For <laughs> I like how there's so much, like, laughter and happiness during the Justin Bieber songs. Like, everyone's reactions are just so much fun. Yeah. I think that it makes the Justin Bieber stuff a little easier to swallow. And this is still at a point when Justin Bieber wasn't as... He was, like, teeny pop and sugary sweet. It wasn't the kind of crazy Justin Bieber we get now. 
<laughs> yeah, it was just fun. Yeah. Uh, oh, what do you guys think of the the scene where uh, Will and Sue go to the cancer ward? That's in this episode too. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jamie. Well, okay. So Sue's initial reaction, like as soon as she finds out where they're going, she's like, "Okay, I get it. I get the point." So I I, I know that you're gonna say that music helps people and it's uplifting and I should be doing things for other people and other people have it worse than I do, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I can leave. And then um, he makes her go anyway and uh, and she really is quite moved by the whole thing. And, uh, and I mean, so as much as Sue is like a cartoon villain at this point, she's not really believable to me as a villain. Um, Jane Lynch still does a really great job with the switching back and forth between emotions and she really do, does look like she's you know really having a great time and feeling for these kids and stuff um but um yeah i don't i mean it was a sweet scene and everything but i i kind of wished all along that they would have made up their mind what they wanted to do with sue right yeah cuz she's kind of uh back and they, they kind of go back and forth not necessarily between nice and not nice, but between it, this is a real person and this is a complete cartoon character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. If I remember correctly, I'm not sure, but I think that there were real patients that were used as actors in this scene. I think you're right. I, and, and don't quote me on it, but I do, I, I think they went into a real hospital to sing to some kids, which is nice. Yeah, it's, it's really nice that, um, because Glee has been known to give opportunities to people to appear on the show in many cases where, where normally they wouldn't be given the chance, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Um, it's weird, though, that they do these things. Like, they make it seem like Sue is so moved, and she, she gets it, and she she likes how music can be used to help people, and then not ten minutes later, she's shoving the coach of oral intensity down the stairs <laughs> so that she can be the new coach, and and she says he's got swelling in his brain or something. She doesn't really care. And like, <laughs> what? What? I don't even understand what they're trying to do with Sue. Like she, she has no consistency and she doesn't learn anything. So it's weird. Yeah, it is. But I, but yeah. I think that's the case also with Will and a lot of other characters. It, it sometimes it happens that their growth is backtracked the very next episode. So. <laughs> I've heard that um, conversation actually a lot with Santana and even with um, Rachel, who not, doesn't necessarily get any kind of movement when you really kind of sit down and look at a bigger picture. Yeah. We were talking about that in the, the season two uh, wrap up, um, which is funny because that's going to be heard a lot, lot later than this. Um, <laughs> but that uh, there aren't a whole lot of characters that really get to grow a whole lot on Glee and... Luckily, luckily for us, I think Kurt is one of them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you guys have noted on comeback before um, we talk about? Or? Uh, Will had a good line um, to Sue in the in the cancer ward that I think sort of summarizes Glee the show, and he says, "Sometimes Glee Club is a little silly, but we push through the weird to get to the real stuff." <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> and, and I think that's that's a good way to put it. So. <laughs> All right, so let's move it to our uh, uh, blame it on the alcohol. And if it wasn't four in the afternoon, I totally, I kind of wanted to get a wine cooler for this one. 
<laughs> well, you can like, you can still do it. It's ten fifteen in the evening here. So yeah, I, I, I won't catch you. It's five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> I like that. Um, so, all right. So, um, before we get into the first appearance of Curtin Blaine, um, setting it up is uh, Rachel trying to come up with original songs, and I do think we need to give a shout out to. Um, her seminal classic, My Headband. Britney's favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, I like that um, That Finn is like, is this about a headband? She goes, yes, it's called My Headband. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got it. Finn has the greatest it. expression when she gets to the chorus, and he like raises his eyebrows. He's like following along, nodding his head, but he's like, what? is even <laughs> happening. <laughs> yeah. he has this, and when she sings Only Child, it's just perfect. His yeah, expressions are perfect. Corey is a master at confused expressions. He just, <laughs> he played a perfect confused Finn. Perfect. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so Rachel decides to... Um, you know, change it up a little bit and do what a lot of high school students do and have a party. Um, funny enough, I I heard this rumored, so I could totally be wrong about this, but I think um, the writer, somebody did an interview where this episode came about not so much because it's a classic teen trope, but because a lot of the cast kept coming in drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I heard but that, I could be. Wrong. I heard that. The, I um, think that maybe Kevin was the one who said that. Oh, maybe it was Kevin. Be- because he talked about drinking on Glee, drinking on set when he was in Paris at the Glee, um, Glee reunion. He talked about it, but I'm not sure if this is why they wrote the episode. But it would make sense. <laughs> and I heard that the the stereotypes that they all have when they're drunk, like the the happy girl drunk and the angry girl drunk and all those are mostly actually what the actors are like when they're drunk. I can't remember. I can't remember who said that, but someone said they were all pretty much themselves except one of them. I think maybe it was Santana who was totally different from real life, but I can't remember. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, I never heard that before. But what about the boys? Well, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think that, I, I realize Finn is trying to give a point in that moment, yeah. but can categorize boys or these are just people what they're like when they're drunk. Mm-hmm. So. All right, well, jumping in, um, we're the to the Rachel Berry house party train wreck extravaganza, <laughs> as Mercedes puts it. That's hard to say. Like, it is. I like how during that that phone call where they use that line, um, Santana describes themselves as. Sant- Santitney and Art Sadies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but no one ever. That, didn't they want Santitney to catch on? Probably because that was the one. Yeah, like it's yeah it was it was Ian Brennan, I think, that wanted it. <laughs> it's weird that fandom never picked up on Santitney. <laughs> it's hard to say. Santitney. And it's hard to spell, too. So. That, that, too. It's kind of like that. Um, I don't know why Blurt didn't catch on. <laughs> 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 I feel like there's a lot of there. Anyway, um, so yeah, the funny thing about this is that Kurt is actually not invited to this party. Um, he actually blackmails Finn with his web browser history. Yeah, that was a good, for, that was a good line. 
And I'm kind of like, Finn, oh, sweetheart, why are you leaving this stuff up? <laughs> yeah, just just delete your history. <laughs> but I think this is typical Kurt, actually. He would do this kind of stuff. I could see that, like, if he's on Facebook and he sees everybody is going to Rachel's party and he'd be like, why am I not going? And I think that the reason, probably the reason Rachel didn't invite him is, one, because she really wanted it to be as small a party as possible. And Puck said, don't worry, it'll be just just be the Glee kids, no big deal. And and also, um, I don't think her and Kurt were really that good of friends at this point. So No, I don't think so either. Um, I, no. I know that we were talking about um, special education. It, we were just getting a little bit of that friendship starting. Um, but Kurt still says something like that they're still competitors or whatnot in that episode. So they, their friendship really hasn't solidified yet. Mm-hmm. No, and Rachel still wanted a controlled setting where she could explore her creativity, I think. She was just doing this for the purpose of developing her creativity anyway. So she wanted the Glee Club and no one else. And why would she think of him at that point? Mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that Kurt talked Blaine into going. I mean, now at this point, they're like attached to the hip anyway, but... I can imagine that conversation. Like, hey, my Glee Club, old Glee Club, hosting a, a, a party. You want to go? Well, I, I can't see why Blaine would say no. Like, um, and actually, interestingly enough, we don't really see Blaine having a lot of other friends um, outside of the McKinley Glee Club. Like, obviously, he has his classmates and stuff, but they don't show them hanging out at the coffee shop or anything like that. So, um, so it could. It could be, like, legitimately, Kurt is, like, his best friend at this point, And so, you know, where he goes, he wants to go, too. Oh. Yeah, or maybe just, even though Blaine feels safe at Dalton and all of that, um, we don't really know if there were any gay students that he could relate to. And maybe they were, but... Nobody talks about them. And then Kurt comes along. And so even though Blaine is already confident in himself, he latches on to another person that he can relate to. Mm-hmm. And they can be of mutual help to each other. That makes sense. Yeah. I like some of the comments that Blaine makes when they first get down there. Um, he says, first of all, that he's not a warbler. <laughs> so he's not a spy on anybody. And this, I believe... The first time we see him out of his warbler uniform? Yeah, and um, I had been hoping that he would kind of dress similar to this episode later on, but his his style sort of changes between this episode and later when he ends up wearing lots of um, like polo shirts and bow ties and things Suspenders. like that. Suspenders. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, because he's wearing underneath the red, he's wearing this kind of black and white striped shirt and I wonder if that is if it's not the same one similar to one of the ones he wore like in the first time in the auditorium scene oh or yeah a couple times after that but we never see this red sweatery thing again and he also seems to have some kind of necklace on under his shirt but we never see it oh boo <laughs> I also like the way his hair is here yeah I that this yeah was, I mean I know it, it's a lot of talk about Blaine's hair all the time <laughs> Seems like a happy medium between gelled and loose. Yeah, yeah. Also, I, I love that Kurt and Blaine kind of match a little bit. I mean, they're kind of wearing these different shades of red, and 
Do you think they oh. did it ahead of time? They actually talked about it, about matching? Hmm. I, I'm guessing Kurt talked about his outfit. I don't know. Yeah, but I, I kind of imagine Kurt and Blaine talking on the phone, maybe, oh, what are you planning to wear, and discussing it, and then Kurt coming up with the idea that they should color coordinate. I don't know. I feel like color matching is sort of a date thing, or like going to a dance kind of thing. And um, so, me, like, and as they were clearly not dating, like, Blaine clearly didn't think they were close to dating or anything. I don't know. If, um, like, maybe Kurt would ask him what he's wearing and then match his stuff to Blaine. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing that cracks me up is when Blaine gets down there, he's like, oh, is that a stage? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to go use that at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, and then we get into the party, and um, I-, I love Kurt's dancing. It's so weird. <laughs> But he's got this little hand movement yeah. stuff that he's getting to <laughs> and and, um, and he says he's he's um he tells Finn that he's not drinking because he's trying to impress Blaine and he can't get too sloppy. <laughs> and then we see yeah. flailing around. <laughs> yeah. But do you think Blaine I think that he's oh sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just saying Blaine's line of clearly or Kurt's line of clearly Blaine doesn't feel the same way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that Kurt is a little awkward anyway when he tries to dance, but um, when he's trying to impress someone, maybe he just becomes a lot stiffer, and so he becomes even more awkward. <laughs> it's a shame we never really know drunk Kurt, because um, I don't really count that time in season five when he gets the tattoo. I mean, they had like two sips yeah. of lemoncello, not yeah. really drunk. So. Um, now, I remember a lot of talk about drunk Blaine being sober Darren. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you guys can take that as you That's will. I don't know. <laughs> oh, this is funny. It's the first time I hear that, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you two are brothers. Brothers. <laughs> You're so tall. <laughs> I wouldn't say sober, Darren, but, you know. (laughs) Uh, Well, excited sober, Darren. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) um, At least Blaine's having a good time. (laughs) Well, that's what parties are for. And uh, everybody's going kind of crazy. Like they have their, I don't know what puck bought them, but they sure went, I don't know. Seems like they all got really drunk pretty fast. He said that um, he wanted to break into Rachel's dad's um, liquor cabinet. So, um, and he originally said he was bringing beer, but I don't think we saw it. So, no, we don't actually. Other than the wine coolers, we don't actually see. We see cups, but we never see any pouring. We don't ever. Oh see yeah, any so we don't know. Or bottles. Um, so I wonder if that was part of like the censorship, you know, since these are teenagers. Right. Yeah. Because um, something interesting uh, before we jump into this spin the bottle stuff is that um, this episode, you know, you can see a lot of teen shows and they really, it's very blatantly discouraging of teen drinking. And I don't think this episode does that to the extent of other teen shows. I think they are very much like this is drinking and you guys are going to do it, and these are the reasons it's not a great idea at this young age, but 
we do recognize that this is a thing that teenagers do. And it's interesting that um, when Will is talking to Coach Beast, um, he says um, outright, like, I, I drank a lot when I was a teenager. He doesn't say when I was young, when I was in my 20s, when I was in college. He specifically says when I was in a teenager, I drank a lot. Um, so, like, it seems like the show is is outright saying people drink underage when it's not legal to buy alcohol yet. And, um, yeah, like you said, they're, I think they're trying to do what Will ends up trying to do, which is to say, I know you're going to do it anyway, but be safe about it. Like, um, if you if you must, then, you know, don't drive. Don't drink enough to poison yourself. <laughs> and I think that's another reason why they had um, some sober people there. I mean, Finn's sober because he says he's designated driver. Kurt's sober. I do think it's, you know, an interesting thing to show also that there are people there that choose not to drink, too, mm-hmm. and can still enjoy themselves. I mean, I don't know how much Kurt or Finn were enjoying themselves, <laughs> but <laughs> you can. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. I find it quite interesting, you know, coming from a um, non-American perspective, because America is one of the countries that has a very high drinking age compared Mm -hmm. to what we have over here. And I think that there is quite a lot of talk in society in general. I lived for a few years in the States, so I'm familiar with how people talk about alcohol there. And um, I think that this is something we just don't have over here in Europe, where in a lot of countries the legal drinking age is 18 for hard liquor but for uh, beer and wine it can be 16 and it's just that it's not as discussed and it's just not as big of a deal mm-hmm. i mean and it doesn't it doesn't mean that bad things don't happen but because they can happen to anyone But I think that it's just overall society is not as obsessed with the idea of drinking. (laughs) And I've heard that before, and thank you for sharing your perspective, because I think it's interesting to hear um, uh, what uh, non-Americans experience. Um, I wonder if part of the reason that American teenagers kind of go a little crazy is because it is so high and Mm. that they're... And, you know, I've, I don't know how true this is, but I think that the wine, having wine and beer around and that, you know, people at a younger age have access to it, it's not as a taboo. Whereas in, in America, it's like you can't, you know, parents are going to hide their liquor bottles and yeah. hide the wine, no wine at dinner. And so for when a teenager gets that first time to try it out, they go a little crazy with it. Yeah. Whereas if I, yeah. Exactly, a, a case of you you want what you can't have. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I live in Canada, so the drinking age is eighteen. Actually, I think some provinces it's nineteen, but here it's eighteen. And um, and I I always find it weird when there are like um, stories about people in college who aren't legal to drink yet. Like, what are you talking about? They're like twenty, but <laughs> of course yeah. if they're American. The drinking age is twenty one. So. Um, but uh, the the thing about wanting what you can't have and overdoing it reminds me of um, a thing about, uh, in a later episode, Blaine is talking to Bert about how he's worried about, um, like, 
uh, he's worried about Kurt like one day going to a party and making out with someone, and he needs to know about safe sex before that happens. Um, like it reminds me of a, a thing I read a long time ago about um, how uh, it's problematic that the, one of the best ways for young queer people to meet each other is in gay bars, or at least it was up until recently because you can't get into one until you're 21 in the states. And so by the time you get there, you'll you'll pretty much <laughs> do whatever someone asks of you if you can, you know, mm. if, um, so if you can make out with someone and they, they want to go further than that, then you're like, okay, this is my first chance, whatever you want. So, um, so that seems sort of related to me, at least in my head, <laughs> that if you're... Yeah. And it's not something I would have ever really thought of. Um, no, I think you're right and... and yeah, definitely puts things into perspective. Mm-hmm. Just um, okay, so spin the bottle time here. Um, it was really funny when Santana was so jealous about Sam and Brittany kissing because <laughs> she was I like, know. "That those are my guppy lips. <laughs> that Trouty <laughs> Eric belongs to me." <laughs> well, it's so funny too because she, he's kissing Brittany. Mm-hmm. And she, like, you know, is in love with Brittany, even though they really haven't gotten hardcore into the Britannia stuff at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of funny. Yeah. It's also funny that Sam and Brittany end up dating at one point. It's just weird yeah. all around. <laughs> but I think that by now Santana is probably used to the fact that Brittany will make out with anyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that too. Because isn't she dar- dating already at this point? She is. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing I noticed, that during this whole party scene... You get, like, um, you get Brittany and Artie. They're, like, kind of making out in the background, and so are Mike and Tina at one point. And I'm like, that's unfortunately not something you ever see. I understand Kurt and Blaine end up getting our little PG in public, but, like, Britanna, they never get that either. Mm. Um, so I just, something that's so kind of normal to see in the background, you, you don't see with the, the queer characters. Interestingly, at this, I think at this point in the series... I didn't have any real idea that Santana was um, more gay than than straight, or that she like later later on she identifies purely as gay. I think, um, yeah. and so at this point, I was thinking she she's attracted to men or whatever. So like, um, I interpret things differently now watching the episode than I did at the time. Like her being jealous about Sam and Brittany, and later when she yells up onto the stage, I want you, I do, and maybe she's talking about Rachel and not Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> that is an awesome interpretation. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, but at, at that point I also thought that maybe Santana will come out as bi. Mm-hmm. I I, did I didn't too. think she would identify as gay. Yeah. Yeah, they they definitely it was a later development because definitely in season 1 she was very much written as straight. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oh, well, maybe she was just overplaying it trying to convince herself. Mhm. Yeah. I think that that's the interpretation that makes sense now. Um like I I don't know if I don't think the writers were planning it or anything, but I think now now that we know how she identifies later on, it makes sense that she was trying to convince herself that she was super-duper straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does, especially with her, you know, she's she's dating Puck, of all people, who's <laughs> super masculine. So. <laughs> okay, so then we get into um, this kiss between um, Blaine and Rachel, and... 
good lord, they're 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 making out right. That is a super hot laugh. kiss. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> I love it, it too. I was watching that day and I'm like, Man, Darren knows how to kiss somebody. <laughs> oh, and the way he just slides his hand along uh, his hand along her neck, perfect. <laughs> well, and I can I feel for Kurt because they're yeah. literally doing this in his lap and he's scarred <laughs> for years because of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also, but, one of yeah, my favorite ahead. things about that scene is the song that's playing in the background is Johnny Are You a Queer Boy <laughs> <laughs> really? I never wow that's yeah. amazing it's so great <laughs> I recommend oh, that's that's funny. you never notice the background music because it's fantastic that's awesome yeah oh. your your face tastes like paint <laughs> <laughs> or no wait, did I say that? Your ta- oh, I mixed both of her quotes. Um, the alcohol is it tastes like paint. Oh yeah, and its face tastes awesome. Right. Yes, and I like how people are like cheering them on, and Sam in the background is like, um, t- telling them to, what is he saying? Deep, something like that. Deep, deep. Go deep. Go deep. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was go deep, and I think that's a football turn. If oh. I'm not confused. <laughs> Well, it is, 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 but you can, (laughs) you can, um, (laughs) you can uh, interpret it any way you want. (laughs) Yeah, but then confusion sets and you see Mike's face, he's okay, enough. And then Kurt. Kurt, he's like, this is so fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kill you all. (laughs) Okay, okay, we've had enough of this. <laughs> well, and think about this. Like, this kid has had to watch his first real big crush, Finn, make out with Rachel like a thousand times probably over the summer. Yeah. And now Blaine, who he's <laughs> more interested in than Finn, Rachel gets to do it again. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope. I have to say that in all of this, I think that he he directs his aggression towards Blaine, but I think... I'm surprised that he was not as aggressive towards Rachel because Rachel was the one who he has known longer. And also they had that moment um, in Silly Love Songs where it was Rachel and Mercedes and him when they were talking about um, him and Blaine. And so Rachel should have been the one that was a lot more considered. Um, And we'll get more into it when we get to that scene near the end where Um, helping out, but I do think that he is a little bit aggressive towards her a, a little well, bit. He doesn't, I, doesn't get the fight. I but. would have expected a little more. That's just what I'm saying. I know that he oh. was a little passive-aggressive, and he was just having this verbal match with her, but it, I would have expected a little bit more. Hmm. Well, and it's interesting. He must to you know, Kurt has a tendency to kind of go in, or like, he'll either, like, blow up, or he'll go really inward, and this seems to be the second choice, because we get, um, um, don't you want me, and, um, Blaine and and Rachel are being hilariously adorable on stage, but Kurt, he, he he's like, it's interesting, there's only two shots of him, reaction shots, but there's a lot going on there, and at one part, one point, he, he looks like he's just plotting murder. Yep. <laughs> um, but the second time, when, it, when after the lyrics go, don't you want me, and Kurt is just miserable. He's just, like, just upset. And then we don't see him at all after that. Yeah, he's so. like, shoot me now. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. 
poor kid. I'm surprised I didn't push him to start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I have to say that I actually really liked this development because I, at that point, I really wanted um, the crush thing to be drawn out. I, I love the whole longing thing. And once people get together, it becomes a little less interesting to me. Even though I I can't say that it became less interesting with Kurt and Blaine, but I just really liked the drawn out longing, angst. Yes, I love it. I I think I might be in the minority on this, but I actually would have really liked it if Blaine and Rachel had dated for more than an episode, um, because I I thought the possibility of him being bi was really interesting, and I thought that. Um, I thought they were really cute together and <laughs> um and like I'm I'm sure it would have ended up with Blaine and Kurt being together either way, but I just yeah. thought it would have been a an interesting, slightly longer story arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't really have an opinion one way or the other. I do think that there is some genuine chemistry um between Leah Michelle and Darren Chris. Um and, and it would have been interesting to see that kind of develop. I do think it would have been a little redundant only with because, you know, they had Finn and Rachel get together and Kurt had a crush, so it feels story-wise. But there there is something to be said about um, exploring the possibility of uh, Blaine being bisexual. Yeah. If they didn't, they had an opportunity and they didn't really go that route. And I, I don't know what their reasoning was, but they decided not to. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I can't say that I really thought about that right now, uh, right then, just because, like I said, I wasn't in fandom and I was just taking whatever the show was giving me. And I didn't really have an opinion, but um, even though I, I can't say I would fully support them dating, I still think it, would have, it also would have been an interesting point, plot point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not that into the minority. I don't know. I I think that, uh, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who are Kurt and Blaine and no one else, and that's it. And even though I'm definitely a clean shipper, I I love them together. I don't throw a fit when some other stuff happens. It's fine. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And that I completely agree with. Yeah. think that there's um, something to be said to ha- be having other relationships before you commit yourself to one person for the rest of your life, but that's just me. So, <laughs> um, interestingly enough, this is the funny part that I that I think is really funny, um, and I realize it has to do with you know people going home at night, but you know here we get the notion that Blaine and Rachel probably made out a little bit more after their cute, adorable song, and. Um, but guess whose bed Blaine ends up with that <laughs> <laughs> That scene is so awkward with where Bert walks into the, the bedroom and, and Blaine just like rolls over, where am I? And Bert's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I'll it, go then. <laughs> awkward, but so well played out. So, yeah. <laughs> so well done. And it's funny because, you know, both Finn and Kurt were sober. They could have taken Blaine home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they didn't. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, it's, like, not the last time Bert's going to find Blaine in his son's bed. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also hear a lot of commentary uh, that people comment that this is the first time that Blaine has met, or Bert has met Blaine, and that's really, I don't think, true. 
Um, there is the Sue Sylvester shuffle when they're in the stands and the whole family is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, they have been friends. This is what February, Marchish, and um, they met in November. I'm really hard pressed to believe that Blayton and Bert have not met up to this point. Yeah, I think they've met. I think they've met. And I think that probably Kurt has just talked Bert's ear off about Blaine. Blaine this, Blaine that, Blaine this, Blaine that. <laughs> and he has finally met him. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, not, now he's in my son's bed. <laughs> well, I'm sure that Bert is well aware, even if, if Kurt doesn't ever explicitly state it, how much Kurt has a crush on, on Blaine. Because I think you're right. I think that Kurt does not shut up about Blaine. Yeah. Um, the the other thought that I had was the the funny part is that the scene that Bert and Blaine have together after this is the one in Sexy where Blaine is trying to talk to Bert about giving Kurt the sex talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, just kind of funny, like you know, finds him in the Kurt's bed, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, um, we should you should really talk to your son about sex. <laughs> And Blaine is probably completely oblivious about why that would seem self-serving in any way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but doesn't have doesn't Blaine have a clue? I mean, we know he's oblivious at that point, but still, in Silly Love Songs, Kurt talked to him about this. He kind of expressed some interest, you know, even though he didn't state it blatantly that he. One, he liked Blaine. He just said that he thought Blaine was going to ask him out. So at this point, Blaine should be at least a little bit aware that maybe mm-hmm. there's something. Well, I think that a lot of people have characterized Blaine as kind of, um, he doesn't want this, as we talked about a little bit before, I'm sorry, I've like got ten different thoughts on how to put them in the right order for make sense for you guys. Um, uh, we said in the beginning that Blaine probably doesn't have a whole lot of friends, and this friendship with Kurt, as he says in Silly Love Songs, means quite a lot to him. So um, a lot of theories have been around um, that Blaine is repressing his feelings for Kurt because he doesn't want him to um, hurt his friendship mm-hmm. at, at all. He probably thinks that that dating would put a lot of extra pressure on the relationship and it would add complications. It would make it more likely that they could, you know, um, things could become tense between them. Or if anything goes wrong relationship wise, they might not be friends anymore. So Mm -hmm. I I think that this, sorry, sorry, I, I, I just wanted to say, I think that this would be really impressive for a teenage boy to be having these kind of thoughts. I mean, we know that they're both quite mature, you know, and thoughtful. But still, I think that in in a lot of cases, teenagers project their feelings onto people, like, not necessarily feelings, but like their hormonal feelings, they project them onto people instead of trying to preserve friendships. Mm -hmm. But I wonder, to sort of go along with that, if he's not you know, because he just had Jeremiah, that thing with Jeremiah, yeah. uh, you know, and now it's Rachel, and he's he is displacing his romantic feelings for Kurt. Like, okay, well, I, you know, I, or, like, here's this friendship I have with Kurt, and it means a lot to me, but he doesn't really necessarily recognize that that's a, a 
stronger relationship bond than he might realize. So mm. he's, he's used to having crushes like Jeremiah, or now he's made out with Rachel, and while wow, kissing tastes or feels really good. I guess it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and, and it's not until uh, kind of original song and when you really kind of, it smacks him in the head. or like, oh, these are what these feelings are, that they're romantic feelings. Yeah. It's quite possible. It's up to interpretation. I don't think there's really a necessarily wrong way to, to look at it. Unless you're straight up saying Blaine doesn't like Kurt, and then I'd be like, well, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, uh, let's give a shout out to Kurt's morning skin routine, which he seems oh, to yeah. be doing in the corner. And um, and then, yeah, Bert, I wonder how often Kurt is teaching Bert how to cook, because they're going to make shard eggs. Oh, and I was trying to figure out this, the uh, the schedule of this um, episode, because it seems like the party's on Saturday night, and then mm-hmm. Sunday morning they were going to make brunch. And then we mm-hmm. cut immediately to Monday morning. Everyone's at school and still hungover from like two days earlier, which is weird. And then I think that Rachel's cleanup of the party is like in the middle of the week or like the end of the week after going on a date with Blaine, but before her yeah. dad get home. And they uh, say it's at 10. And and I don't know if that's 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. 10 p.m., I, I assume, because it was after the date. And then... Uh, later, we see it's a school day. Uh, all the Glee kids are at school, but Kurt and Bert, they, we cut to Kurt and Bert baking uh, in between parts of the same day of school, so it's like they're baking on a school day. So I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah, and Kurt's wearing the same long cardigan, or what can I call it, um, during the cleanup scene and then during the baking with Bert scene. Oh, so probably... I never noticed that. The same day, probably. So they probably meant originally in the script for it to be the same time, and they just pushed that one scene back farther. Mm. Like, I'm wondering if the Bert stuff was supposed to happen before his meeting with Rachel. Oh. I don't know. Uh, But you're right, it's really kind of screwy, especially even with this, which is like they were drunk until Monday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah uh, we get this uh, lima bean scene next and um, Rachel's apparently still drinking wine all weekend or something (laughs) and she's still in her pajamas I don't know I don't get maybe this is supposed to be Sunday I don't know I think that this is just Rachel trying really hard to get her her creativity muse she's just going for it (laughs) The Um, the party wasn't enough well, and we have to remember, too, this is kind of coming off of Finn dumping her and then silly love songs where Finn is like, I'm not interested in you, I want Quinn back. And so she kind of is like, she, for whatever reason, is finding validation in boyfriends right now. So um, let's grab Blaine. We made out. It felt good. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get into, that. We this is the first fight that Kurt and Blaine have, which is mild in comparison to what they get into later. Um, but yeah. Um, I used to be really mad about this argument. Um, and I, I feel differently about it now. Um, at the time it first aired, I was mad not only at Kurt, but also at like the show. 
and the writers mm-hmm. of the show, like they were mm-hmm. like personally offending me on purpose. Um, <laughs> and like, I felt like um, um, the things that Kurt said that um, bisexuality is just a way for, for straight guys to hold hands with girls and feel like a normal person for a while. Um, I, I felt like that was a statement the show was making. But now that I look back on it, it's clearly something Kurt is saying just to lash out because he's so um, he's so upset that Blaine is interested in somebody else, and Rachel in particular, who's caused him heartache-related problems before. And um, and that's something that Kurt himself has done before, is, is um, go out with Brittany to hold hands with a girl and feel like a normal person for a while. So he's, he's sort of um, pushing his own feelings onto Blaine. And so because he's experienced pretending to like girls, he, he's hoping that Blaine is doing that because that means that Blaine isn't really interested in Rachel and he's, you know, it would be safer if that was the case. Yeah, I think that... Um I mean, I, I was there with you. I, I was mad at the show. I was a little mad at Kurt, too, um, because I felt the same way. Um, but I think that Kurt is known to be very unreasonable when his pride is hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, also what I think fandom made seem problematic is the fact that we expect often Kurt to be the moral voice of the show. Mm-hmm. And we wanted... We wanted them to come back and have a little bit of a conclusion to that, uh, like a closure for Kurt maybe to say, you know what, I was wrong or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe an apology or something. And this is why fandom freaks out over this overall, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think you're you're right. I think you're right that I was expecting Kurt to be the the moral high ground in this one, but Blaine actually is, and that took me by surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do like that Blaine outright compared Kurt to Dave Karofsky, um, because he's basically saying, by saying that, he's saying um, biphobia is just as bad as homophobia. Um, yep. and, uh, and I think that's an important thing to say. Absolutely. And, and just coming from a different perspective, um, uh, I, I do 100% agree what Kurt says is, uh, just n- not a good thing to say at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's interesting when I first watched it. Um, just coming from my background, I had a good friend of mine in high school who was closeted, and he dated girls um, and said that he was bi. And later, when he got into college or whatever, he came. You know, when eventually he's like, "No, I am gay. I am. Da-. You know, that was just something that I was trying to." And not, you know, he was using bisexuality. And I, I don't think that's the right thing to do. You know, it's not mm-hmm. something that um, should be defended. But, like, I'm like, oh, and, and like you said with Kurt and, and doing the same thing with Brittany, I'm like, that's where the show's coming from. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, there are conversations to be had here to say, look, no, that is a biphobic statement. Um and um, that to recognize that there is, is it, like, I didn't recognize that as biphobia as, at first until somebody pointed out to me. And I'm like, okay. Um, but, I, you know, to learn that there's other, you know, we, we, we kind of get in this, you know, there is, this is wrong and this is right. And there are a lot of other, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but like, um, 
it, to point out that there are different ways you can be harmful to people and not even realize it. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. thing. There are shades well, it's the of gray, same as, sure. Yeah, it's the same way as making jokes. Um, a lot of people don't realize that certain things are just not funny. They are not jokes in any situation. And just because that person doesn't identify with um, the butt of the joke, that, that, that doesn't mean that what they're saying is funny. And I think this is kind of similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's not flat out biphobic, but it is th- the same way the jokes can be. Yeah. And um, I find it interesting that um, I I guess, so we should be focusing on this episode and not future episodes, but <laughs> I, I find it interesting that the show seems more progressive about bisexuality at this point in season two and how they actually, they use the word bisexuality and they have a whole conversation about it and uh, and about biphobia and how it, it hurts someone who's thinking you might be bi, and there are there are repercussions. Like Blaine is generally genuinely mad at Kurt for the things he says. And then mm-hmm. compared with later on in, in season I think uh, six, um, some stuff around that was said about Brittany being bi. Uh, some stuff that was said by Santana and her girlfriend at the diner, whose name I forget, Danny. Season five, yeah. Five, okay, yeah. yeah. So some stuff that happened later on, it didn't seem like there were repercussions for some biphobic stuff that was said. So it's interesting that it's like the show went backwards a little bit in that regard. Um, and it's interesting because I've actually, um, just as in, just throwing in a different point of view, not a right or wrong type thing, but the, I've, I've had conversations with um, people who identify as bi who, where... They are glad that there's just that there are um, bisexual characters on the show. So it's interesting what uh, people, what resonates with people, what um, kind of people see in the show. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't profess to have an opinion because I, I don't identify as bisexual. So, mm-hmm. but. Um, yeah, as as a bi person, I was. Uh, like I say, I was really mad at the show at first, and now I've had time to think about it, and I can see the good parts of it a lot better now that I've 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 calmed down at at Kurt in particular. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I have I have to say the same. So, yep. One thing I do kind of wish, just as in a in a storytelling uh, point of view, they don't resolve their fight here, and not that every fight ever needs to be resolved, but I think that. There, it would have been nice to have some kind of scene between the two of them before the end. I mean, I, I realize the end is the, the kind of the, the punchline of the whole episode, but um, this isn't really resolved mm-hmm. in, in any kind of way. And not that I personally, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to speak for anybody else, need a, like, you were bad, Kurt, kind of thing, but just kind of a, just some kind of resolution about um, with the, with this fight that we don't get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to add to that because that's what it is and that's why there are these feelings about it. Just because that's that's what's missing. It kind of makes it feel more like real life though um, because sometimes people have disagreements and even though they don't outright say this is what I'm feeling, this is why I'm mad, this is why this is okay now, I'm sorry... 
people often just sort of go on with life and keep being friends with people without resolving that stuff. So, you know, maybe maybe it happened off screen or maybe it just didn't and they didn't bring it up again. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, I do like what you said about... Because um, I've heard criticism of this and I, I don't think it... I, don't feel this way uh, about you saying um, uh, Blaine's line about him throwing it to Kurt that hey you're being just as bad as as Dave Karofsky and I, I do think it's important for Kurt to see that that like you know you may be just using your words you know you're not beating me up but you not understanding me and being open to that this is a possibility and shutting me down and you know you're being just as awful in a sense as you know it, it's the two wrongs like that you can be homophobic and you can be biophobic too mm-hmm. yeah yeah and in a society that tells you that you can be either one or the other and often if you are one you're criticized for it while the third option or a third option is being completely erased Kurt who comes from a place of being afraid in the beginning to then being alone, he should understand better. He really should. Mm-hmm. I think it also kind of goes to, though, that people aren't perfect. I, I do think um, yeah. that, you know, Kurt messed up here. He did. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And there is a lot of biphobia in among gay people. So it's it's not like it's unrealistic. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, then this is their first fight. Oh, boys, it's going to get so much worse from here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh. All right, so, yeah, then we get, um, yeah, so Blaine and Rachel go on their date. It's sad we don't get to see any bit of that little date there, but um, what movie do they go to see? Love Story? I don't remember, but they were mouthing along with the, the dialogue. Um, yeah, and that's when Kurt's like, that's not gay at all. Yeah, this is where where he goes and tries to talk to her. And then I, I do think it's a little unfair, both of them, to comment on how Blaine feels without him being there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is Kurt trying to be... Um, hey, I'm going to try and figure out how this date went and what's going on and, you know, try and convince you not to date him. But and on, the, on the topic of buy stuff, uh, Rachel says something slightly weird, which is um, she says to Kurt, if Blaine turns out not to be gay, I will have done you a favor, which is silly because if Blaine turns out not to be gay, then he's probably bi and he could have dated Kurt anyway. So that's not yep. really doing Kurt a favor at all. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Now, that's where I can kind of fault the show for not being, like, kind of forgetting, in a sense, that bisexuality exists. Yeah, which is weird because it's such a focus of this episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I remember, do you guys remember, I don't know if you watched it live when this came out, and there was kind of this promotion as to, is Blaine going to be bi? Is he going, you know? Oh, I, I remember that I did, swirling around the episode. I did watch it when it first aired, but I don't remember seeing promotions about it, so I don't know. I could just be making it up. A lot of this stuff is all blurred together that <laughs> I don't remember as much mm-hmm. anymore. But. 
Yeah, but, but I think here we really need to talk about how Rachel is completely oblivious of the gay community, considering her, she has two gay dads, and the way she talks about Blaine and the way she talks about Kurt and the whole situation and not being able to judge. The situation, I think, is really messed up, and she's definitely a selfish person, but still, she seems to be so out of touch with everything around her. I think even on a smaller level, just on a, her, you know, they're not best friends or anything, but just that this friendship is starting out, and she's well aware of her having feelings, and how she's just like, Forget you. I'm just going to go do whatever I want. I mean, it raises a question, does she actually owe Kurt anything? Probably not, but um, I don't know. Hmm. But I think that in, in this situation, even if people are not best of friends, even if they're not close friends, but they're still acquaintances who are aware of one of them having feelings for someone, the other person should always be a little bit cautious about having any sort of a relationship, whether it's just dating or anything, with the object of affection of this other person. Um, I don't... So, on the topic of whether they owe each other anything, um, I remember back when um, Kurt gave Rachel that makeover that you, where he was trying to make her as unappealing to Finn as possible. Um, mm-hmm. And then they, and then Kurt and Rachel had an argument about who... Um, about whether Rachel would be one of Finn's top picks for someone to date, right? Mm-hmm. And she she throws back in Kurt's face, well, whether I'm... I can't remember how she puts it exactly. She's like, whether I'm second or a um, hundredth, I'd still be... I'd still have more of a chance than you because I'm a girl. And, um, and so while I don't think she owes Kurt anything, like if she has an opportunity to date someone she likes, then that's fine she doesn't have to not date someone just because Kurt likes them um she she does have a history of showing that like um you know if she has she has an opportunity with someone she's going to go for it and she doesn't think that um I don't think she necessarily thinks that like she does seem to think she's in competition with Kurt and that if she can win then that is good for her right mm-hmm Um, yeah, it's interesting that this kind of romantic competition has come up again um, after all of the stuff that happened with Finn. Um, so. And interestingly, even though she's not successful in being Blaine's girlfriend, she's not upset about it like Kurt was about Finn. <laughs> um, she's, she's just like, this is songwriting gold. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think she, she like, this is more of a rebound type thing for her anyway. Mm-hmm. I, I think that she... I mean, obviously, in the it's something that we didn't touch upon, is that she is um, still hanging all over Finn at the beginning of this episode, and, and that's who she's still really in love with. And Blaine is kind of a distraction, just like somebody that can I can, you know, feel good against and um, help me write my songs, kind of type yeah. thing. Just someone who came along and mm-hmm. why not? And she says, when she's describing him, she says, I might get a boyfriend who can keep up with me vocally and in the future maybe give me vaguely Eurasian-looking children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that that's the main things 
that she sees in it, which is even more hilarious now that we know that she does carry a child for Kurt and Blaine, so maybe she's the one that gave Blaine vaguely Eurasian-looking children. <laughs> <laughs> but did she, did, she just, did she just carry a child, or did she actually... It was the surrogate. So who, who knows what that definition is? It's left up to interpretation, but... <laughs> I personally think that would be a little much, but it is kind of funny to think of her giving him vaguely Eurasian baby. (laughs) Yep. Um, A little things about the scene. Um, I'm amused that Brittany's bra is hanging from from something. I can't tell what it's hanging from, but it's off. (laughs) So, like, did she... What in the... Oh, boy. At some point, Brittany's bra came off. <laughs> I, I think she probably just put her shirt on and went home in her shirt. <laughs> probably. Um, Why not? It's funny to me that um, also, now that I think of it, going all the way back to the spin the bottle thing, is that they have two rounds of spin the bottle, and then they immediately go to like sing a song on the on the stage. Yeah. I'm like, man, that would have been more fascinating if it kept going. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I was assuming there was more spin in the bottle either before or after that, but or both. Um, oh. Like, it's not necessarily that they went straight to singing, um, but I, I don't know if um, Kurt kissed anyone because that probably would have been an important part of the story if he did. Yeah, I think so too. Oh. So, right, and then um, okay, so then. Oh, you're right. They are wearing the same clothes. Um, we get the scene with Bert, and um, you can tell that Bert has been listening to this Kurt talk about Blaine because I don't know, just the expression on his face when Kurt goes on about it's Blaine. He's dating Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, that, and you know what? It, and this scene must have happened earlier because. Um, oh, I'm thinking of it wrong. Cause, uh, I'm sorry, I was thinking wrong. Cause, uh, Bert says at some point, this is the day you were going to teach me about brunch, but that was in the scene before. Mm-hmm. Sorry. This is their, what, making a souffle? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it, it goes an interesting, the scene goes in an interesting direction where um, Kurt's all like, you know, my crush is dating my best friend of me or whatever he considers her <laughs> friend of me. And um and he's obviously upset and it kinda makes me wonder like he doesn't really have anybody to like vent to. Apparently he's not venting to Mercedes about this stuff mm-hmm. because Bird is getting the whole lowdown here. No, and he can't vent to Blaine who he's been using as a best friend for the last what, few weeks. So he needs to then took his dad. Yeah. But his dad is still upset about Blaine sleeping over. Yeah. I don't I don't know how I feel about that rule that Kurt can't have a sleepover with a boy who might be gay. Um at all. Um I don't know, what do you what do you guys think about um rules about teenagers and sleepovers and things? Well, it's Kind of weird. Like I grew up in such a strange household, it wasn't a big deal. Um, uh, I wasn't cool enough to have a boyfriend in high school, so um, I didn't have any guys sleep over at any point. Um, and 
um, my brothers did have girls over, but it was always like, you know, leave the door open or stay upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, but at one point, um, one of my younger brothers, um, the girlfriend was having house prob- like problems with um, her parents, and she actually lived at my parents' house for a while. Right. So I don't know. I, I don't... I... I wonder if how... See, I would like to see a reaction from Bert. Like, let's say Rachel decided to sleep over. You know, how would Bert, you know, deal with that kind of thing? Um, as a guest to Finn, you mean, as opposed to right. Bert. Exactly. As, a, mm. as not, you know. Because as, as Bert says in this scene, um, he, he, doesn't, he wouldn't have a problem with, like, Finn and Puck sleeping over, but he would have yeah. a problem with Finn brought over a girl. Yeah. So... I, I think this is a little bit, I don't know. I wonder, because Bert has always been rather open-minded, so I do wonder if there's a, still a little bit of Bert feeling uncomfortable with the whole idea of gay sex, mm-hmm. even if he claims mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. it's not a problem. And it's so sad that his main example he can think of is Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> that is the most depressing <laughs> show you could possibly have uh, as a basis for like gay relationships like uh, anyway he says i don't know what two guys do when they're together but as far as i know something went down in the tent like <laughs> i thought it was pretty clear what went down in the tent but. yeah <laughs> i guess he was hopefully he was meaning specifics but <laughs> well, well, no, i, I, think, I think specifics were very <laughs> obvious i was gonna say yeah i know it's been a long 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 time since i've seen that movie but then thinking of the few things I remember, I'm like, no, that's pretty clear what they did. It was pretty clear, yeah. <laughs> Which is so... Could you imagine Kurt watching this with his dad? Uh, <laughs> so uncomfortable. Uh, maybe... So weird. <laughs> so, I don't know. This whole scene seems... I, I've never really... I'll be honest with you. It's not, it just seems a little unclear to me in certain respects. Um, uh, I didn't watch it before I, we started watching before we start talking, so I don't remember the details, but um, just that Bert was unhappy about the whole thing. Well, but. and he said... It is, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, so, Bert, um, I'm trying to... I'm, I just watched it this morning, and I'm trying to recall so I can recap a bit, but, um, like, basically, Kurt says uh, that he's upset about Blaine. He's dating Rachel, and Bert says, I thought he was gay, and Kurt says he's just experimenting, and Bert says, oh, he's not the only one. Haha. Uh-huh. Like, what was with him sleeping over here? And Kurt says, well, he was drunk, and, and, you know, he couldn't drive home or whatever. And he's like, oh, so your kids are drinking now? And <laughs> yeah. and uh, he says, no, me and Finn didn't have any, if that's what you're worried about. He says, what I'm worried about is you being inappropriate in my house. And uh, and he makes Kurt apologize for being inappropriate, makes him promise not to do it again. And so Kurt rewords it. He thinks for a second. He says, fine, I'm sorry. I promise not to have any sleepovers with anyone who might be gay without your permission. And <laughs> um, so Kurt makes it super specific, whereas Bert was very vague and said, don't be inappropriate. Um, and I, that, that's probably what I'm getting tripped up. I'm like, Bert, what do you mean by inappropriate? Yeah. When Kurt might, I mean, we don't know exactly, but maybe Kurt slept on the floor and, and there's no. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and Kurt's like questioning him, like, would it be okay if Finn slept over with Puck? And Bert says, um, that's different. That's, not, that's different. And Kurt says, because they wouldn't have sex. 
And Bert says, I would not let Finn have a girl sleep over in his room. And uh, so, yeah, um, it's a whole thing. And at the end of the scene is when Kurt tells Bert that he should um, uh, get out of his comfort zone and, and learn some more about gay sex so that if Kurt has questions, he can go to his dad like anyone else. Oh, okay, maybe that's what kind of throws me off because Bert is obviously trying to be, you know, parental authoritative authoritative figure here with, you know, I'm, it feels like I'm slightly uncomfortable with this gay sex thing, even though I'm trying not to be, and I really don't appreciate the, like, you know, um, guys sleeping over type thing. And I'm sure it was a a, a knee-jerk reaction also, the fact that Blaine was in the kid's bed. I mean, that's, if Rachel, like, he walked in on Rachel in the bed, even though everybody was fully clothed, I'm, I'm sure Bert would probably have a problem too, but, um, just that Kurt tacks this on here, like, I need you to be educated about sex. It's definitely kind of a lead-in to Sexy, which is the next episode. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting tacked on to the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's- I actually really liked that Kurt asked him that. I thought it was really good. I think that he was probably... I'm curious himself, even though, like, in sex, he, he pretends he doesn't want to know and all of that. But I think that he likes to have the dad that he can rely on. And this is something he needs his dad for. So I think it's it's really great that he asked for it. I guess my, my question was, um, what do you guys think prompted Kurt to say this? Just the fact that he wants his dad to be educated because... You know, not every time two guys sleep together, we're going to be doing weird, funky things. Or um, I really want you to know. So, I mean, obviously, that's part of it. Obviously, part of it's uh, that I, he wants Kurt or wants Bert um, to know things yeah. so that if he does have questions, it just it's an interest. I don't know. I guess the transition is a little awkward for me, but that's probably. Well, I think point. I think that he at this point, I don't think that Kurt was necessarily thinking about having sex with Blaine. I mean, maybe there were some thoughts crossing his mind, but I don't think that he he was at the point where he was actually really thinking about it but um, and we saw that Blaine was fully clothed in last night's clothes still in bed so I think that just Kurt bringing it up and seeing how Bert was skating around the issue not really like not really directly talking about it made made Kurt want for Bert to be able to talk about it. I think I so, know. too. Um, I think it might have been that very conversation that prompted it when Bert said, I don't know what two guys do when they're together. And that might have been might have been a wake-up call for Kurt. Like, wow, he really has no idea yeah. what would even be going on if there was something going on. So, like, if, if the fact that Bert has no knowledge makes him more suspicious about any of Kurt's gay friends, then that is a problem and he should be more educated. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So. Um. So yeah. That's it's and it's interesting though because um, sexy does come after this and and he definitely gets himself educated. Bert does. Mm-hmm. And passes uh, along his knowledge. So um, it's kind of nice to have that little setup here. So. Um. And then I think th- it's a big chunk of time we get all of the McKinley kind of stuff because. Um, there's all of that, uh, the beast, 
Coach Beast and and Will are uh, getting drunk and coming back, and then that's. Um, uh, I don't really like that song, but it is kind of funny to watch them go a little crazy at that country bar. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> fun. <laughs> and and that's when uh, Will has that conversation about um, drinking when he was younger, mm-hmm. um, and and what. And isn't it also he leaves a drunken message on yeah. Sue? Yeah. yeah, he's trying to call Emma. He's got his work contacts open on his phone, and he drops the phone as he's pressing the number. And so then when the answering machine comes on, he thinks he's talking to Emma. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, immediately before that, I find it hilarious when he's grading papers and he's giving everyone A pluses. And he's like, yay, happy face, <laughs> valiant effort, A plus, that's how who even are you? <laughs> yeah, one of them is it? I don't even remember who are you. Um, and also in this little bit is the um, the kid. Like we we kind of skip over all of the other kids continually trying to drink because what the Artie says that that's the best cure for hangover is more alcohol. Yeah, and um, they end up doing the oh they end up doing the 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 um, the uh, uh, what is it called? The I want to say rally, but it's not really a rally. Um, oh. Assembly. Assembly. Thank you. Um, but this is the episode with the angry mom, isn't it? Where she holds up the oh. at the very beginning when oh, when Higgins is like, "We have a problem." Giggle juice, and and then there's the mom that has. Oh, or, yeah, I think I that, think so. That, I think it's close. Yeah. I remember there being a kid um, taking his shirt off and yelling at Figgins. Um, <laughs> like, you're the best. <laughs> but I thought the bomb was a different episode. But oh, was that might her might have been? Yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. I I just I don't remember anymore. They're all blurring together, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, then the kids sing TikTok. Um, and then was it purple vomit everywhere? Yeah. yeah. It was very gross. There was no warning whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was, there was Brittany saying, I don't feel good. And Rachel says, power through it. <laughs> um, I, I like one thing that comes out of it though, is that they have that conversation at the end where they're all promising not to drink and the kids say well you know you drank you just made an idiot out of yourself and he's like yeah and that's gonna probably happen again but like let's you know if i'm not giving you this guy as this i'm not giving you this sheet to say you will never do this again i'm giving this to you knowing that you will probably screw up again but i am here for you as an adult and that we can keep you know trying and um, I will be here for you, which is one of the better things that Will does. Yeah. I don't give a lot of credit for most things. Like but. he says that he wants everyone to promise not to drink till after nationals. And mm-hmm. uh, and if they are drunk at night, like whatever time of day it is, they can call him and give it, he'll give them a ride. Yeah, that was pretty good. It's a very useful thing to offer. <laughs> well, yeah, a, a lot more realistic. Nice things about, we get some of these PSA episodes in season two, which, with the alcohol, with sex in the next one, with religion, and it's not something, I think season two does a better job of um, kind of making it ingrained, not ingrained, um, integrated into the storylines as opposed to the storylines having to fit around the particular subject. Right. So. 
Yeah. I think we did pretty well with the alcohol awareness aspect of this. And I like the line when Santana says about it being alcohol awareness week. She says, well, I'm aware of how much fun alcohol is. Um, so, yeah, I guess, um, let me get to, this is, I believe, yeah, it is the last scene of the episode, and, uh, Kurt and Rachel are sitting, and, man, if I had a friend like Rachel, this is my thing, like, here, he's like, I'm generally, you know, uh, you know, if, if Blaine turns out to be gay, then I'm, I'm, I'll be sad for you, you know, if he isn't, I'll be sad for my, or if he, yeah, if he isn't, I'll be sad for myself, but, you know, I, this is a no-win-win situation for me. And she's like, oh, who cares about you? And it's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. It's like, Gee, thanks, Rachel. That's so nice of you. Um, now, do you think Blaine was aware that they were meeting up? Just because he, Kurt says um, here he is for his regular post post recursal medium trip or something, yeah. No, it w- I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> now, can we say that the Eurasian line does imply that um, that Blaine has some Asian heritage? Because um, that's always a big thing. I remember that being a big conversation at the time, and my assumption would be that because Darren Chris is half Asian, that Blaine is because he I mean I mean I've I've heard awkward conversations where one people will be like but he doesn't necessarily look Asian and another person being like yes he does he's Asian and that's what he looks like <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah so, um, well I think that that's why we have the vaguely Eurasian looking because this is what this is what Darren is he is vaguely Eurasian looking <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, he can pass as white and but he isn't well yeah and i mean like it's interesting if you see darren chris standing next to his brother because they like um you can tell they're related they look like each other but different from each other yeah if, if, if you know what i mean um yeah. and uh and i feel like someone who looks like darren chris's brother who um, a lot of people look at it and go, "That's an Asian person." Wouldn't if he was an actor, he probably wouldn't necessarily have the same opportunities as Darren Chris has, even though they have the same parents. <laughs> yeah, you know what's also yeah. kind of interesting, and maybe this is just me, but his Asian features come out more when he straightens his hair. Like, um, there's a couple of um, when they do Mamma Mia is the example that's really popping into my head. He's he, I don't know if they straightened his hair or put a wig on him or something, but he's kind of got the straight hair and he looks more like his brother and his, uh, I don't even know how to <laughs> describe it, but he just looks more Asian in, in when he's got a different hairstyle. Um, so I think sometimes it's a little in perspective or what are you looking for or, but I think that since the show never made it clear, even though I think it dropped a lot of hints, because I think also at one point Sue's like, I wanted to drop a little Asian color number, four, what did she say, yellow number four mm. into my Cheerio squad? Yeah, and, yeah, and there's um, oh, some line about Brittany's favorite color being Filipino or something like that. Um, yeah. But um, I, my assumption has always been that one of his parents um, is Asian, and since we only ever saw one of his parents, that can still be true. Right. 
And, I mean, I mean also people sometimes, I, I don't know why they need to argue this, because I don't think, I think it's, I don't know why people want to argue that Blaine is white, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that um, Cooper looks pretty straightforward white. And I'm like, well, you know, first of all, he's so much older, he could be from a different marriage or a different relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's the half brother, um, and again, even just looking at Darren and his brother, they look yeah. And like half Asian people can have blue eyes. That's not like a problem. That's not an unreasonable thing. Yeah, and I they the little Blaine, um, uh, who gosh was it in Big Brother? We first see the little kid Blaine. Yeah, they cast him as a half. I think it was half um, European, half Japanese child that they used for that. But it was definitely a, a That's Asian right. Yes, yes, that's true. So I, it's weird to me that these things are argued back and forth in fandom, but I, I'm like, kind of clear to me. <laughs> you know, and if you don't know anything, then just, you know, go on what the actor is. And, you know, because you wouldn't, like, look at Chris Colfer and, like, be like, um, you know, you know, Kurt has never been said white. But Chris Colfer is, so that there we go. That's what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know why this kind of double or second guessing of Blaine's heritage, I don't, I don't understand that. But yeah. that's just me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then we come to the end of this episode where, you know, we get a second kiss between Rachel and, and Blaine, which isn't nearly as passionate as the first one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there is this. Um, there is this review of, I want to say, Diva, that, I don't know if it was after Ellen that did it, one of, somebody, it's one of the reviewers who did Glee all the time did it, and said that um, Tina giving him some cough medicine was just another serendipitous thing that he calls Tuesday, and goes, you know, how, like, Blaine oh. is always getting things, and I can only imagine, like, here's Blaine, he gets off of rehearsal, he's just kind of, like, getting his coffee, and then all of a sudden, Rachel comes up and kisses him. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay. And, like, yeah, he's like, oh, wait a minute, I'm gay. But also, like, this is another Tuesday. Somebody just randomly coming up and kissing me. <laughs> well, it's not that random seeing as they did go on one date. True, it is. <laughs> but still. <laughs> but I feel like um, he must have been in shock or something because um, he, does, he doesn't even know how she's feeling. And, like, the way he brushed her off could have been incredibly hurtful. Um, if she was like deeply invested in dating him, um, and like he just says, "Yeah, I'm 100% gay." Okay, could you hold my spot in line? I'll be right back. And like, if she was like heartbroken, oh no, I thought we were dating, and now we've broken up. That like he doesn't know, so that could have been weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody was really respectful of anybody's feelings in this yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, now, do we think that Blaine might have um, kissed a guy before this? Uh, he says that he's... Um, so what he says when he talks to Kurt is um, that he thought he was gay, but he's never even had a boyfriend before. Um, so I don't know if that means he's never kissed a guy before or if he just means to say he doesn't know how he feels about girls in particular. Um, so... Um, a lot of people take his conversation with Bert later on about um, Kurt could go to a party and make out with someone, um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so some people take that as being 
um, autobiographical. Like at some point he went to a party and met someone and made out with them and things got intense. Um, so it could be that something like that happened, but I don't like he says he's never had a boyfriend. So I don't get the impression he ever went on real dates with anyone. Mm-hmm. And I don't think because it's implied in the first time that was the, his first time of actually having sex. Um, even though they really don't. Oh, well, I guess. Yeah, they don't really ever say anything to Blaine's virginity. Just that it'd be his first time with Kurt. Interesting, but anyway. Um, uh, no, yeah, they do. They do say that he's never had sex before. I'm pretty sure because um, there's that whole scene where Artie is asking oh, Blaine and Rachel, right. you know, what was it like during yeah. your first time? And yep, Blaine and Rachel did. are both awkwardly not talking. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I blocked that out. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think that, um, I can see now there, like everybody said, there's no, um, no real data to break this up or to back this up, but I can see Blaine being the type of person who just trying to learn more things and discovering that he's gay and goes to some kind of something and makes out with somebody or, um, just. And then has that experience, even if it doesn't mean he dates somebody or doesn't have sex with them or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I mean, if he's open to hooking up with random guys on Facebook, you know. Well, I, I got I got the impression that was that was a new thing. That was not a usual thing. Oh no! Just saying that he he yeah. wasn't opposed to the idea. Oh. So I can see him going to some kind of bar. Oh. And like making out with somebody. That's yeah. Not that he usually does that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I imagine. I always imagined that Blaine had some experience. Not that he had dated somebody. Not that he had a boyfriend. But just that he had at least gotten a kiss. Mm-hmm. I think it could go either way. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's interesting to me, and it, I know this is played for laughs, and I, I will admit I think it's kind of funny, but when he's just like, you know, um, yep, I'm gay, 100% gay. Thanks for clearing that up for me, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's interesting that that clears it up for him. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's, I mean, I understand that some people in real life do need to have the experience of kissing someone to know whether they're, like, really attracted to them or attracted to a whole gender. It's not something mm-hmm. I relate to, so I find it a little confusing. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, so now that he's had a sober kiss with Rachel that didn't do anything for him, he's like, well, clearly I am not attracted to any women at all, ever. <laughs> yeah, which I think is a little, I mean, my guess. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Rachel represents all women is just kind of funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and I, I'm not trying to imply that Blaine would change or anything. It just it just was a funny thought. But um, I I do think it's funny that the, it's also a way for the the writer to say, "Yep, Blaine is gay." I think that they were trying to make that a definite point um, because at this point, I'm sure they knew they were getting Kurt and Blaine together, and they didn't want anybody to doubt that. And they didn't which want is, the audience to keep thinking, "Is he maybe going to be?" Is he going to want to date Rachel again in the future or another woman or, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's the reason they didn't make Blaine buy. Um, I I think that, you know, if you're a good writer, you can make it work. I don't think that, I, you know, 
I think bisexuality is something that is just kind of shafted when it comes to television shows. I don't see a lot of mm. bi characters on TV. Interestingly, though, I think they did a pretty good job with um, Brittany and Sam and Santana because um, they have the whole... Um, uh, so Santana is thinking of it as herself versus Sam, and she um, she outright says to Brittany in a different point in their story, um, you know, why, why would you not want to hurt Artie, he's just a stupid boy. Um, but I think at the time when Brittany was dating Sam and Santana was trying to win her back, I think they did a good job of showing that it's not a gender thing, it's about mm-hmm. individual different people, and um, and she's not going to cheat on Sam with Santana because um, cause Sam and Brittany are a couple, and it's not about her being bi, it's about her liking two different people but sticking with one. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, kind of wrapping this one up, though, I do like the the ending too. Again, it's meant to be really funny. Um, where Rachel comes back and and she's so excited about you know getting inspired. I kind of wonder what ridiculous song she created out of this because you know she wrote. Something. Yeah, we never get to hear that song. <laughs> um, and you know she kisses Kurt on the cheek, which is kind of funny because Kurt doesn't really do the touchy-feely stuff. Even, you know, this late in season two, he's still a little standoffish towards people in touch, and it's mm-hmm. funny that she just grabs him and is like, thank you! <laughs> and he's so shocked. And <laughs> But I, I love his little smirk when Blaine says that he's gay. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, yeah, this is this thing still might be on. And then he, he wipes <laughs> the smile off his face before Rachel sees him. <laughs> like, he can yeah. turn it around so fast. <laughs> And then the ending when she just like whirlwinds away and, and he's just left, okay, now what? <laughs> yeah. I don't think she would have cared if she saw it though, the smirk on his face. I don't think she would no. have cared. Yeah. Nope, she's got her songwriting material. Yeah. <laughs> it's enough for her. Oh, Makes get it right have a different meaning if, you know, that, no. <laughs> get it right with the song she writes about fake. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I think the song would have been much better though had it been about her. Yeah, fair with a gay man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, that's a little bit um, jumping back to the um, scene where Rachel and Kurt are talking though, um, where um, she mentions. Um, oh God, what is it? Shoot, I had a thought and it just bleeded away. Ah. Um, they were talking, and oh, cause he calls her a hag, like oh. sentiment um, expressed by many a hag to many a gay. I don't remember why he said that. Oh, because um, she says that she and Blaine have a lot in common. Oh, right, that's right. So we get the first like kind of mention of the whole that kind of thing, the whole hag thing. Mm-hmm. But Rachel doesn't seem to might be mind being considered that. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. There was some kind of connection, and it's gone. I don't. It, oh well. No. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um. Anything else you guys wanted to to mention? Anything else in your notes that we kind of skimmed over or stepped over? Or? Um. The one thing that I see here that I wrote down was that when um. Kurt and Blaine were at the Lima Bean just before their fight. Um, the 
barista gave them two medium drips. At, at least he announced two medium drips. I'm not sure if that was written on the coffee cups themselves, but um, I thought it was kind of cool because, you know, fandom has this whole thing of a medium drip and a non-fat mocha uh, <laughs> because of silly love songs, but... Um, I thought it was quite interesting that he gave them two medium drips, and I didn't know if Kurt was just, like, trying Blaine's coffee order just because, you know, it was Blaine, or if it had any significance at all. Maybe Blaine thought he was going to have two cups of coffee and get really caffeinated, and Kurt just stole it. (laughs) I think that Kurt's Kurt's trying different things. I know that neither of them seems to really stick with one kind of coffee, because I think later on... Uh, Blaine gets a soy latte or something in another episode, yeah. and so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't think either of them sticks with one. Even though a, a lot of times fandom does pick out a line of dialogue and stick with that. Um, just to clarify, what was written on their cups was their name. Were their names? It's a Blaine and Kurt on the cups. Um, okay. Has, okay. Yeah. One of those things when you're like you stare at a still for so long or something, yeah. and you're just a little detail. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you need to get out. What are you going to do with all this useless information? Wait, so why did the coffee place ask for their names if they're just going to call out what the coffee is instead of their names? <laughs> I don't know, but I will point. say that that's, like, um, it's just one of those things when you, because I, I, I work at a store that has a cafe, and I, I've trained back there, and there are times when, you know, you write down the person's name, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, black tea or something, and you don't even think about the name written on there, or... <laughs> Not that, like, in some cases, it's you're afraid to, like, pronounce the person's name, but at Blaine and Kurt are pretty straightforward, so. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. No, I, I hear you on fandom getting one um, line of dialogue and, like, sticking to it like it's gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in this case, you know, it's a little different because they made a big deal about it in Silly Love Songs that this was their coffee order. So the the whole story. Oh yeah. It 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 was an important plot point. It wasn't just you know like a random mention, and fandom takes random mentions very often and sticks with them. And this one was a little different. Hmm. I don't know. That's true. I didn't even think of that. That it was significant to Kurt that Blaine knew what he always orders. But knew his coffee order. If he doesn't always order the same thing, then that's. Does he have? Some- Regular order. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like it's like you eat salad every day for lunch, and then on Sundays you decide to have a tuna sandwich. <laughs> that was a really bad example, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So. All right, guys. I think we reached the end. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of a cool episode to go back and and watch and talk about, and you know, it's kind of surprising some of these bigger. Um, episodes for season two that we consider really big clean episodes. Um, so they don't really have very much clean in them. <laughs> True. But, but it's still, and so. Thank you guys for coming out and, and having this conversation with me. Thank you very much. Thank you for fun. having us. It was really fun. Will be suspicious. Gosh, your lips look good.
my brother will be there at the door. Waves upon the tropical Disabilities left you out half bullied or teased. Rejoice and love yourself today, cause baby, you were born this no. way. So raise your glass if you are wrong in all the right ways. All your life, you were only waiting for this moment to arrive. Three.